Yo, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. I blacked out for a millisecond there, my bad. Um, yeah, welcome back to another show. On this episode, we are going to be talking about the Detroit Red Wings, that's for sure. Don't worry about that. Calgary Flames fans, I got you covered this week. I did not forget about you. And, uh, of course, we're going to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs, talk about some signings throughout the league, and some other stuff. Let me just pull up my notes quickly. Uh, we're going to talk about Washington Capitals, uh, the uh, the Carolina Hurricanes and the Buffalo Sabres. There you go. There's some stuff on this uh, show for this week. Last week's episode on the Hockey Cast, we talked. I talked about the biggest stories of 2022. Makes sense because now we're in 2023. So there you go. You can go back and check out that episode. I went through 15 of the biggest stories. So if um, I don't know if you're in a coma. For uh, 2022, I got you covered, dog. You can go back there, listen to that, and you can uh, catch up on what happened last year. It was a pretty interesting year, I I won't lie. Pretty interesting indeed. And uh, hoping for more interesting stories along the way. It's, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, lots of good stories so far. And uh, go back and check that out. And uh, if you didn't check out Monday's episode of the GX GamerCast, it was a big one. It was the Xies, the Gamies, whatever the hell. My award show, my first ever annual award show where I went through my top 10 games of the year and the most disappointing games of the year, my most anticipated. So it was a really fun episode. It was quite possibly the funnest one I ever recorded. I just got to talk about a whole bunch of games and and go through like <clears throat> a retrospective of my year in 2022 20, in video games. It was a lot of fun. So uh, if, if you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend you go over there and check that out. It was it was a fun one. So um, all right, enough of the, the shameless plugs. Actually, forget that. One more plug for you. Here we go. Uh, YouTube channel. You can go check out my YouTube channel, GamerGX Videos, doing a Let's Play right now of Until Dan, until dawn, I'll say it properly. Until dawn, uh, scary game. I I really love that game. I think it's a little a little gem on the PlayStation there. And um, yeah, I'm having a really good time. You can go over there and check that out. Doing uploads for that every other day. Double uploads on Saturday. So there's a handful of episodes over there. You can go check them out. And uh, yeah, I, I I had a good. I'm having a great. I'm going to record some of that later on today, and I'm looking forward to it because I I just like that game. It's really fun. So uh, yeah, links are all down below. You can go check that out or just look up Gamer GX videos on YouTube. Thank you very much. Let's get into hockey talk, and I think I think we just we have to dip into the Detroit Red Wings right away. I mean, come on. <clears throat> so. If you missed it, uh, Jacob Verana has been put on waivers, and he has cleared waivers. There you go. So if you're a Detroit Red Wing fan there that didn't know that, I'm sorry. But yeah, he cleared waivers. But, uh, oh, there's a lot to uncover here. So, um, oh boy, where do we start? So, Jacob Verana, I I enjoyed this player. I was was probably, um, probably just as shocked as I imagine everybody else was seeing that name. Going into the waiver wire, uh, obviously this guy is a a, a fairly um, known or uh, you know he has a track record of being a pretty good goal scorer in the NHL. He scored over twenty two times now. He's a young forward. He's well youngish, twenty six years old. So he's right there in his prime. He's uh, he's making a bit of money. Yes, he is making a bit of money. Uh, over five million dollars this year and next. 
So um, that is why I think it's um, it's quite interesting, and it's possible that this may be a trend that happens more often than we've ever seen. That uh, maybe players with a that are or are roster players that are maybe making too much money going onto waivers and clearing it more often than not because. A lot of teams are strapped for cash, and uh, yeah, they're taking chances on on throwing out some contracts through waiver wires that they're banking that teams won't take a, take a swing on. So you got Jacob Verana, and who was the um, Peter Peterson Peterson whatever from L.A. So those are two that have already happened so far this year. Uh, known names, you know, not something you would commonly see on the regular. Those kind of names going through waiver wires, guys that have contracts making money uh, I guess generally would get picked up you know if you did that in a video game if you put Jacob Verona on waivers chances are he's getting claimed by somebody but um he didn't get claimed and neither did Peterson in LA I mean that one makes more sense this one's a little bit more interesting because I mean honestly I'm uh he's produced quite well I would have to say uh throughout even his tenure here in Detroit now, I think the big problem, the big concern with him has been injuries. He's been injured this year, but let's just take a look at some of his stats. So, before he came to Detroit, 69 games, grow up, uh, he scored 25 goals in 69 games. 39 games, he had 11, and then he was traded in that season to Detroit. And then in 11 games with Detroit, he scored 8 goals, so that was a good little run there at the end of the season. Then last year in, he only played 26 games last year, but he got 13 goals, 19 points in 26 games. I mean, these are good numbers. And so far this season, he's only gotten into two games, but he has a goal and one assist. So, I mean, the production seems to be there. I, I So, um, I guess what happened here, so the big problem is, like, uh, Detroit won't talk about it. So they, they interviewed the coach. He's, he ain't saying nothing. So now it's all, it's all just speculation. So, um, this isn't like facto, but this is just what I'm taking from it. Uh, so it appears that, uh, maybe the relationship between, it could be between him and the coach or, or the coach and him. It could be just a all, all around falling out. And it appears to be the injury concerns with Jake, with, uh, Verona, because he has not played a full season in his career. We're looking at like the most games here, like 73 games that was back in 17 18 so it's been a while since this guy's uh, been able to stay healthy and obviously i think detroit may know a little bit more about what's going on with that injury and maybe they're just like nah dog and it sounds like i think they're calling up uh fabry is coming back from injury and uh, he's another player they picked up from st louis and, uh, yeah, he seemed to be fitting in really well. But another guy, uh, they picked up for a low price. He had some had some upward potential offensively. It looked like it was going well and then injury problems. So Fabry and Verana maybe have a similar story here. But, obviously, Fabry makes substantially less money. So that's, that's a thing. But um, Verana clearing waivers, uh, I'm not overly surprised. I wouldn't have been surprised either or if someone picked him up, like Seattle or something, because they... they could do that. Uh, I wouldn't have been surprised, and I'm not all that surprised that... I'm. I, well, no, I, I'm a little bit more surprised that someone didn't take a chance on this guy, uh, because, well, I know he has one more year on his deal, which isn't that bad. You know, like in Arizona Coyotes, like, I uh, know because they're, well... I can see Arizona not taking him because I think they're doing maybe a little bit too good for what they want to be doing right now, because um, 
I don't know, since Chikorin's come back, obviously he's making the team a bit better. Really, I bet uh, Arizona's really, excuse me, looking to trade him as as soon as possible to uh, to help the team start tanking a little bit more because they're doing a little bit too well, I would say. Uh, they're not doing good, but they're doing, um, they're not the worst team in the league. They're not sh- like Chicago level bad right now, Anaheim, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, no one took a bite on Verona. I find it interesting. So now we're going to have to see what Stevie Y is going to do. So is this guy just going to play in Grand Rapids? Maybe if he starts lighting it up in Grand Rapids, he can get the call back up. So that's a good option for Stevie Y that he cleared. So he can come back up. I don't know if it's completely over between Verona and Detroit right now, but it doesn't look good, right? It doesn't look good. It could be, I don't know, it could be another conditioning stint because he's already done that with Grand Rapids this year. They could be doing that again. It could be a full loss of of confidence in the player uh, that he can't stay healthy. I mean, like I said, I feel like the production was there, but it's very interesting indeed. I find it quite interesting that they've done this. Uh, Detroit is competitive still. They're still in the hunt. Really doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs this year. It's a good step forward for Detroit fans. I know it's probably not what you want to hear, but I can't see them making the playoffs this year. The East is just way too stacked, man. And, like, we'll talk about Buffalo a little bit later, but, like, yeah, like, they're they're almost in a similar boat as Detroit. Is like, yeah, they're playing not bad, or, I mean, Buffalo's playing quite good lately, and, ah, their chances are still not guaranteed, right? They have a quite... It's like very competitive these. Very, very competitive. But yeah, what do you guys think about Jacob Verana clearing waivers? Are you on the side of being more surprised that he cleared or more surprised that someone didn't pick him up? Because I think I'm a little bit more surprised that someone didn't take a chance on this guy. You know, I think there is a 20 to possibly 30 goal scorer here. It's, you know, barring injury, like if this guy could stay healthy or something, yeah, I think there's definitely a 20, possibly 30, maybe even a 40 goal score if you get him put in the right situation. Example being like Seattle, where they're able to take guys with goal scoring potential and they have the roster spots to put them in those kind of positions to succeed. So they picked up Tolvanen already. So maybe they're slapping themselves in the face a little bit right now because like, oh, if we didn't take Tolvanen, maybe we could have we could have scooped up Verana right here, but. Who knows? So, uh, yeah, they've been doing that with Daniel Sprong. He continues to just produce at a very good level for the amount of time. Like, his points per, per 60 has got to be fantastic. One of the best in the league with uh, Daniel Sprong. And Tolvin, I believe he scored in his first game playing with the Kraken. So, they know what they're doing with uh, these kind of guys. So, I'm curious to wonder if the Kraken are actually slapping themselves in the face a little bit. Uh, taking a shot on Tolvin. And now, so far, so good with him. But... Verona looked like, you know, he's played in the NHL for more, I don't know, I see the upside with him more so than Tolvanen, but that's that. So, uh, yeah, interested to hear what you guys think, especially Detroit fans, like, what the heck? Like, I would be very curious because, like, if a guy came into my, in, like, we picked him up, he scored eight goals in 11 games, you're like, oh, fuck yeah, that's awesome, and then, yeah, maybe it's just the injury thing, man, like, I understand injuries are very, very frustrating, like, Andre Kasha, for example, I mean, he didn't, he wasn't making the money that Verona was, but man, if Andre Kasha could just stay healthy, man, he would be such a good NHL player, man, like, oh, he was a great Leaf, and uh, yeah, eventually, inevitably, like everyone said, like, it's only a matter of time before Andre Kasha gets injured again, but when he's healthy and in the lineup, he's great. 
and I think maybe that's the case with Verona, but they're just sick of the injuries, and they're like, well, we got, maybe they got too many guys there in Detroit, like Fabry's coming in, and like, yeah, it looks like, uh, and you got Lucas Raymond there, so he's starting to come around, and yeah, I don't know, it's very, very interesting, I was quite taken aback, I was happy, because then, yeah, there was, that was definitely a topic I was uh, quite excited to talk about today. So that is that. Let's uh, let's move on to uh, a couple of signings that happened this week. You got Joe Pavelski, the freaking I don't. Should we just call him Jumbo Joe now officially? Like he used to be Little Joe because uh, he used to play in San Jose with Joe Thornton. I mean, you got two Joes. Joe Thornton, he's the veteran. He's you know he was drafted in the first round, first overall, and Pavelski was literally drafted like almost last in the draft. But whatever. Uh, I think officially I'm going to call Joe Pavelski Jumbo Joe now because Joe Pavelski's unreal. He's still producing at a ridiculous level for his age. He's what 38 now, and I think Dallas fans should be quite happy with this. I mean, one year, 3.5 million dollars for Joe Pavelski. If he can put, keep putting up these kind of numbers next year, that that chemistry he has with with um, Robertson, I believe he's on the line with Heinz, phenomenal. I mean that line is excellent. It just works so well. Pavelski, uh, known in the league as one of the greatest uh, net front tippers of all time, that guy can tip a puck like and just oh so good, man. But that is a really nice contract. I like that. Even if he happens to fall off next year and his production falls by like cuts in half you know it's only one year 3.5 you may even be able to move that deal you could maybe even bury that in the minors who knows it's a very low risk deal but i think there's a lot of uh there could be low risk high reward i would say because like if joe pavelski keeps producing the way that he is this year next year 3.5 what a steal that's a great deal uh, another signing, uh, Jimmy VC. He signed a two-year extension with the Rang- Rangers, the Rangers, the New York Rangers. Eight hundred fifty thousand dollars per year. So, yeah, I don't know. He um, he seems to really want to be a Ranger and always wanted to be a Ranger. So you go and be a Ranger, Jimmy VC. I don't know how good he's been doing over there, but whatever. It's a cheap contract. He'll fill a roster spot over there for them. So that's cool. Okay, what else should we get into here? What do I want to do next? There's a lot of stuff here. Uh, let's talk about the Washington Capitals. So um, they had a fun week, didn't they? Uh, at the expense of the Montreal Canadiens, obviously. Uh, they slaughtered the Habs 9-2 to this week. How you doing? How you doing? Ovechkin getting a hat-trick in that game. So, uh, yeah, dude. Ovechkin still just defying father time. And now that he's past Gordie Howe, I think the a little bit of the monkey is off his back. A little bit of pressure has been taken off him now he's he's home free for at least like 70 or 80 goals before the pressure of him catching Gretzky turns on so that's gonna be a while so looks like he's just freaking going man he's on pace for another 50 goal season absolutely outrageous uh Washington Capitals have been playing very well of, of late one of the stronger teams in the league I would say over the last month they have just been just crushing it. I mean, Charlie Lindgren comes in. He gets the job done in the absence of Darcy Kemper. And now Kemper's back. And it looks like they got a really good combination there with the one-two punch, Kemper and Lindgren. So Kemper's playing solid, doing good enough. Uh, And um, on top of that, they got uh, they're not back yet. Now they're not going on their little road trip or whatever on uh, coming up. But Nicholas Backstrom and Tom Wilson are very close to returning for them. So 
that is huge news. So especially Tom Wilson, I'm I'm hoping that Nick Backstrom is uh, is going to be back, and uh, hopefully he doesn't take like he's he's gone through a lot of injuries, man. He's he's an older player, and I don't know if he's going to be coming back as like. Nicholas Backstrom of a few years ago so we may see a dip off in production with Nicholas Backstrom or hopefully he can just come back hook right back up with Ovechkin and wham 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 they're just it, it's it's like it never changes Nicholas Backstrom and Ovi just connecting over and over again so that would be great but regardless it's it's great news for the Washington Capitals and their fans because I mean Tom Wilson is a game changer and and the added bonus of Nicholas Backstrom I mean they they gots to be missing uh what Tom Wilson brings to the table I mean I talked about it last year's production really bounced up he really started putting uh putting up some numbers along with that you know, people know him now, so he doesn't. So last year, he kind of turned turned off the gas a little bit. Now he definitely got into his shenanigans last year for sure, but he he definitely calmed down a lot last year in comparison to years prior. And uh, yeah, I think he it's it's just a res, uh, like a respect thing. I don't know if it's so much a respect thing, but just a common knowledge in the NHL. Like, don't fuck with Tom Wilson. Only one percent of guys in the NHL can really fuck with him. So. Yeah, it's more or less probably don't wake the beast with Tom Wilson nowadays like it was with Lucic back in the day. Like, if Tom Wilson is is quiet and not really doing him that much, don't get him going. But, yeah, regardless, great news that Tom Wilson is coming back. Uh, a player, those kind of players I just really enjoy. Like, I know they're not everybody's cup of tea because of the shenanigans they get into, but they're really fun to watch, man. They're entertaining, and, you know, the 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 taunting that Wilson does sometimes it's fun it's enjoyable now uh, I, I it's just Brad Marchand because he's a Bruins and and he always picks on the Leafs and stuff but regardless good news for the Washington Capitals and speaking of good news um the Carolina Hurricanes let's go there let's go to the Carolina Hurricanes so again another team so you know, there's 32 teams okay and I can't keep tabs on everybody all the time but Carolina Hurricanes quietly to me just went on an 11 game winning streak just the fuck just just crushing it absolutely crushing it are the Carolina Hurricanes I mean they went for, through a very minor very tiny little slump there for a couple weeks or whatever and yeah they're right back to it baby they're right back in it now sadly their their winning streak just ended it's an 11 game winning streak regardless it's that's great that's phenomenal now you're right back up in the top of the leagues and uh yeah dude they're playing well the only thing that's really weird is that is Teravainen. I noticed that like even though they're they're crushing it in that 11 game winning streak, he still has not been producing. I don't know what has happened, what's going on with Teravainen right now, and it's just weird. Like he's been a very good point producer. Maybe he's battling injury. Carolina Hurricanes fans, if you're out there listening, please let me know what the heck is going on with Teravainen because he's in the waiver wire right now. I'm very interested in him because I believe he is all three positions. He's a center, left wing, right wing, at least in fantasy, I believe. So I'm quite interested in this. I feel like he can have a very, very strong back half, but regardless, Carolina is absolutely crushing it with him producing or not. He may still be playing good on the ice, like defensively. I don't know, but I don't think that's really been his game. I've, I've always known him to be a point producer and not really producing that many points. Niemi, I mean, eh, you know, we're, I still, we don't have the breakout season yet. Like, he's not crushing it. But um, 
Everyone else is doing well. So Aho, Svechnikov. I mean, oh, Svechnikov. He's one of my. He's one of my favies. He's one of my. He's he's up there. I really like Svechnikov. Uh, I I draft him almost every single year. Like banking on like one of these years, he's gonna bust out and just crush like fifty five goals. It's gonna happen. Probably gonna be whenever is like a contract year. Whenever he has one more year left, bank on that year. That's gonna be the year he'll he'll bust out for fifty. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Carolina Hurricanes doing great. And uh, the goaltending situation continues to be what it is. Uh, their younger goaltender continues to be very, very good. It's a great problem to have. I mean, they could still very well maybe move a goaltender. It's it's interesting to see what Carolina are going to do uh, as we get near the trade deadline. Now, I know it's still quite a bit of pit quite a bit away oh my goodness but um it sneaks up quick on you it does it really does uh once we hibernate through the winter time we will be at the trade deadline in no time but good job carolina hurricanes absolutely crushing it right now and oh man speaking of crushing it I, we're, we're going i'm going right into it buffalo sabers what the hell is going on over there what the hell is going on over there what a wild little team what a Man, it must and they must be fun to watch. I can't say I've watched a whole lot of the Buffalo Sabres, but I watch their highlights sometimes, and man, entertaining, especially Tage Thompson, man. Holy crap. I really hope that at some point the, the Sabres fans start to come along slowly here and they start to fill up that arena a little bit more because I think what's going on with their season right now is, is quite cool. I would almost compare it to not quite, but kind of similar to that 2016, I think, season for the Leafs where they weren't really supposed to make the playoffs but they did and it's just all a whole bunch of fun now i don't know if the buffalo sabers are going to make the playoffs if they continue playing like this i mean yeah i mean yeah like islanders are kind of been steady a little bit inconsistent jersey is like i don't know what's going on with new jersey right now but like they're really fighting it dude still like it's eh, oh like i said we talked about it last week but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So I mean, they're 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 um, jerseys falling off. You got Detroit's like in the hunt, but like not really. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, man, like Pittsburgh and, and Washington are starting to come back. Uh, Washington, especially now, like I said, with all the guys coming back and all the success that they had, even without some of their best players, like injury has been ridiculous for Washington. But they're playing so good, so that's a big concern. And Pittsburgh's still rolling. So yeah, maybe there is a chance for the Buffalo Sabres to get in there. Regardless, I just think that what is going on with the Sabres over there is is really cool. Uh, Tage Thompson, man, like, wow. Let me just take a look at the standings. So... Yeah, they got 40 points right now. They're they're above NHL 500. They're they're above 500 technically. They got nine. They're 19, 15, and two right now. So they're four points behind the Penguins, who are currently out of a of the wild card. So the wild card situation right here is Washington and the Islanders are in there, 48 and 46 points respectively. So yeah, that is still a bit of a climb for the Sabers to go through. That's a that's a Six points is a lot, man, and it's and you're gonna need some luck in there. So it's it's going to be a very interesting battle, and it's really really tight. I mean, the Rangers are at 48, Jersey's at 49, so Rangers are climbing back up in there. Oh, and uh, yeah, I mean Boston's gone. Boston's gone. They're at 62 points, so uh, they could fall off. And the Leafs, holy wow, I can't believe they're still that far behind the Bruins. Bruins are freaking ridiculous this year. Go to hell. Go to hell. But uh, yeah, Hurricanes, um, they're starting to pull away in the Metro. 
But uh, yeah, like I said, man, New York is hanging in there. It's going to be a battle, it looks like, between the Islanders, the the Pens, and the Sabres. It'll be very interesting. And yes, Detroit is there, and so is Ottawa, and so is Florida. Holy crap. Everyone's still kind of uh, pretty close. I mean, even Philly, like, Philly's pretty done, but, like, you know, I mean, Florida, damn. Okay, I'm going to have to talk about Florida next week and deep dive into them a little bit more. And maybe the Ottawa Senators, because, like, like, they're right there. So Buffalo, Detroit... Ottawa, Florida, all within two points of each other. 38 points for Florida, 39 for Ottawa, 39 for Detroit, 40 for Buffalo. So, like, holy moly, man. It is going to be a race for <laughs> in the East. It's going to be very interesting to um, to watch. The Metro is, is especially interesting. I mean, the Atlantic is the Atlantic. Looks like it's... Um, pretty locked in there with Boston, Toronto, Tampa. Tampa is rolling. Toronto rolling, but we'll we'll talk a little bit about Toronto and in, in a little bit later. Uh, some concerns that I have with them and Bruins, well, I mean, they're they're pretty darn gone. They're uh, points percentage of 838. Get the hell out of here. That's ridiculous. Um, wow. But uh, Sabres, man, they've been playing well recently, that's for sure. Let's take a look at their record over the last few games here schedule Uh, excuse me so they just came off of a win over washington they did lose to ottawa which is that's a pretty damn big game right there that's a big win for the ottawa senators holy crap is my fuck what the hell there you go uh they beat boston four to three that's a huge win for them another big win over detroit they beat vegas i mean they're beating big teams they beat arizona okay good job you're supposed to they took out colorado took out la six nothing i mean yeah they're hot right now they're very very hot and uh yeah they lost back to back to pittsburgh earlier in december and then after that they've been pretty damn hot so they got minnesota philadelphia seattle coming up in their next three games Uh, two out of three of those are look very in their favor minnesota's pretty hot right now as well so i don't know it's it's gonna be very interesting with the buffalo sabers i mean they're without a doubt one of the most exciting teams this year uh whether their fan base knows that or not uh, i highly recommend if you're a buffalo sabers fan and you're not watching you should probably go over there and watch that that tage thompson is pretty damn special pretty damn special speaking of pretty damn special oh i'm on fire today with the transitions baby let's go connor bedard baby breaks breaks the record for the most points at a single world juniors event oh wow man this kid is absolutely slaughtering that tournament right here i think i don't even i think he's broken more records i think he's got the most points total in juniors i believe he's also got the most goals total in juniors so yeah i think this kid is legitimately going to be the real deal now I know this happens pretty much every single year where we talk about the first overall pick and how this guy is going to be the next this or the next that or whatever, the next generational talent. But legitimately, and again, I know this gets said a lot, but this is the best prospect that the NHL has seen since McDavid. I, I it's Now, this kid could possibly be better than Matthews right out of the gate. I... We'll have to wait and see, though. But the way that this kid is playing right now, the records that he's breaking, the dominance that he is showing right now is banana sandwich. Like, this kid has got to be legitimate franchise wherever he goes. Whoever is blessed with the first overall draft pick this year is is in for a treat. Now, personally, I would love him to just go, like, if he goes to Columbus or something, like, that would be great for Columbus and everything. I hope it would boost everything i just don't want him to end up going somewhere where people aren't going to be exposed to him all that much so 
yeah, I don't really want him to go to Chicago because, like, ugh, you guys, you guys, come on, you just had Patrick Kane, you just had your dynasty, like, do you really need to go into the next Bedard dynasty after, like, come on, give him a break, give him a break, I, I would like it to go to, um, I mean, Vancouver would be fucking sick, man, like, he's from there, I do believe, so that would be, that would be really cool, but, I mean, oh, man, the Canucks are so freaking cursed, man, I think they're legitimate, le- like, legit cursed, like there's something going, there's something wrong over there in the, in the like maybe the land of of British Columbia is cursed the the lands that they live on I don't know what's going on but I mean the Grizzlies are gone they were the only team in the NHL video games I could never win a cup with like no matter how hard I tried and tried to cheat and it just wouldn't happen it just wouldn't happen there's something going on in Vancouver but. I don't know, man. Maybe Bedard is the is the remedy to the curse in Vancouver. It could maybe, but ah, uh, man, just with their track record, like I just would be terrified if Bedard fell into the hands of the Vancouver Canucks. It would like, I think Canucks fans would be the first ones to say like, oh, how are you, how are you gonna fuck this one up? How are you gonna fuck this one up? Like, you, what are you gonna do? You're gonna trade him away for the fucking second and third overall pick? That that may actually not be a horrible idea. Even that that wouldn't be able, couldn't do it anyway. But regardless, um. Yeah, <laughs> whoever gets Bedard, man, it's going to be a treat. I think he's going to be a treat for the NHL. Like, I don't know, like, it would have been more fun if he was closer, like, drafted a little bit closer to McDavid, so then we could have had that, like, oh, McDavid versus Bedard. But that's that could be the the, the debate. The Bedate? Is that Bedard? Bedate? You know what I'm saying? Anyway, uh, that could be the, the... Oh, fuck, now I can't stop saying it. The debate in the NHL... Within a couple of years, who knows how how much of an impact Connor Bedard is going to have on the NHL next year? Like, I think it's almost a guarantee this kid's going to play in the NHL. Uh, everyone's saying he he looks NHL ready, everything, all that great noise. So why not, right? Why not? Like Matthews came in four goals in his first game. McDavid came in right away. He was unreal. Sadly, got hurt, but yeah, you know, we, he's fine. He's doing just fine for himself nowadays. But yeah, that that could very well be the debate: is uh, McDavid versus Bedard? Who is the best in the NHL? Throw in McCarr, throw in McMatthews, Matthews in there as well. It's hard to judge, man. Like again, Matthews, he is a phenomenal player, man. He really, really is. Uh, I I wish I I should really. There's just not enough time, man. Like, can someone, can someone rich out there listening just, like, give me enough money to retire and then I will watch all the hockey and then I will give you guys more podcasts, like, so many podcasts you can. Just give me $80 million now. I'll retire and I'll do whatever you want for podcasting. I won't do any sexual stuff, but I will produce as many hockey podcasts per week as you want me to. You just have to give me. 80 million dollars that's all i ask for it's a simple request it's not that much anyway Connor bedard ridiculous absolutely ridiculous i i wish i could have watched some more i've been kind of just been able to watch highlights i did not get to watch a whole lot of the world juniors my apologies it's just it's only so much time in the day and i mean witcher has kind of taken over my life video game wise and um yeah you know christmas new year's all that stuff busy boy speaking of 
busy boy. Okay, how am I going to make that one work? Uh, the Kraken will be busy uh, getting ready to host the 2024 Winter Classic against Vegas. Boom, I got it, baby. Boom, I got it. I saved it. I saved it. So, yes, the Kraken will be hosting the Winter Classic next year. The Winter Classic just passed. Uh, the Boston Bruins took on the Pittsburgh Penguins. I did. I turned it on just to see, like, the opening thing. Very cool. Looked awesome. It was at Fenway Park. I mean, very visually appealing. Once the game started, I moved on, and I also had to go to work and do work stuff, obviously. But yeah, I it looked it was a two to one game, not not that high scoring. The Bruins win, obviously, because they win everything. But uh, visually, I I thought it was very nice looking. The jerseys look good. The Bruins jersey was quite interesting. I I won't say that I like it because I don't like anything Boston, but it it exists and it doesn't it doesn't make me angry when I look at it so I'll give them that and uh, so there you go if you guys watched the game what did you think about it what do you think about outdoor games in general now I, I understand that they're quite cool to go to live can't say I've never been to a live outdoor game but uh, on TV doesn't really translate that well hard to see and uh, yeah but um, I've watched a handful of them. They're okay. There's been moments, obviously. I mean, the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Detroit Red Wings outdoor centennial game or whatever, that was really cool. Obviously, the one back way, way back, I believe it was the first one with uh, Jose Jose Theodore, the Montreal Canadiens, and they had the toque on the, that was so wicked. And, of course, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins one with Sidney Crosby and those awesome freaking light blue jerseys that I love so much. Oh, oh, so there's definitely great moments. But then I think about, like, what was it, last year or the year before at the Lake Tahoe? That was a disaster. It was beautiful until everything melted. So, yeah, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Uh, but I do think that's really cool. They're going to go with the Kraken and, and the Vegas Golden Knights, the two most recent teams to join the league. I think that's awesome. I think it's going to be an absolute banger. And uh, yeah, that should be really cool. I'm, I'm going to look forward to watching the opening ceremonies now as it comes to the game. Eh, if I have the day off, maybe I'll watch it. If I have to go to work, I won't be mad missing it. But uh, I, I will like to watch the opening ceremonies because it's quite cool. Anyway, all right. So I think that's all of the news right? Buffalo, Carolina, Detroit, Kraken, Bedard, Washington. Yep, we got it all. All right, cool, 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 cool. All right, let's talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs and we'll finish it off. Uh, and we're totally not going to talk about the Calgary Flames. No, I'm just kidding, Flames fans. I got you. I got you, Flames fans. Let's talk about the Flames. So the big problem with the Flames, man, is that they're just kind of middling right now. And those teams are kind of hard to talk about because it's like they win one, they lose one. But I do have some good news. So in the recent track record, they like they're still losing games, yes, but um, they haven't gotten those consistent wins yet. But they are beating teams that they should be beating, and they're losing to teams that I mean, it's a competitive game, and they're not getting slaughtered. So I mean, they destroyed San Jose. We talked about this, so they beat them twice. That's great. They lost to Los Angeles. Mm, I don't like that. That's, you know, that sucks. But, I mean, understand you played a couple games. First half of a back-to-back. -back, you only lost by one goal. So, you didn't get your asses kicked. But then you come back with a win against Anaheim. Good job. You definitely needed to win that. Then you lost a close one to Edmonton. I mean, I think, I think alone only allowing two goals against Edmonton, that's pretty good in that of itself. You can't necessarily always expect to win against the Oilers. You got... 
two of the best players in the league, arguably, on the same team. And Edmonton kind of has Calgary's number in recent past, definitely, as we recall last year's playoff series. But, I mean, it was a close game. You can't really be mad about that one. Now, I understand you can. It's a loss. You could be angry about a loss. But, you know, Edmonton is... They're, they're, it's hard to say that they're a good team, but they're, they're a slightly better right now than Calgary is. And then they beat the Seattle Kraken, who I kind of kiboshed and cursed, I think, because ever since I said Seattle could maybe be good enough to make the playoffs this year, they've just been plummeting down the standings, but Calgary able to beat them. Then they beat Vancouver, so that's good. You get two wins in a row, and then you lose to the Winnipeg Jets last night. I mean, Connor Hellebuck, ugh, he's just... Uh, really shut the door in that one so yeah and I think you know like Huberto still isn't really like I understand he's not producing to the level that everybody well I hope that everybody I wasn't expecting I don't I know a lot of people weren't expecting him to put up 115 points in Calgary I imagine a lot of people were expecting him to do more than what he's done so far and that's fair that's totally fair me I had a I have a quite a big um leash for Huberto. I'm not worried about it yet, man. I don't think he's worried about it. This is a long-term situation. He's got to get adjusted, and it can take a long time. So I think he, he really is coming along slowly. Yes, he's definitely coming along slowly. Not like Nazem Kadri kind of just came right in and, and fit in pretty well. He, Kadri's been up and down. You know, he, he, gets, he got really hot at the beginning, then kind of went cold, and now he's just kind of kind of staying consistently pretty decent but uh you know Toffoli's been great Lindholm's really bounced back after a really really slow start I really wish I made that trade earlier in the year I sent out a deal uh you know trying to buy low on Lindholm and I I chickened out and uh, damn that would have been a really good trade if I made it then because shortly after that he popped off and he's been really really good lately and uh yeah obviously I think the big concern is still in net man i mean markstrom is still under a 900 save percentage like this is that's just not good enough it's obviously not good enough to be under 900 not good enough man i mean he's been playing slightly better lately but and again i i still feel like they're underplaying vladar i still feel like he should be getting more games now that might be a confidence issue where they they don't want to you know hurt markstrom's confidence too bad by taking the net away from him too much but you're starting to you're starting to get into dire straits here where you really got to start picking up wins and you got to be able to like string together a few weeks of of being able to win like win three lose one if you can string together a few of those calgary should be dandy and once they make the playoffs i think it's a different story because this team on paper at least looks like a phenomenal playoff team but now with the struggles of markstrom like even in the regular season now playoffs last year very very concerning indeed yeah the way that markstrom's been struggling this year obviously his confidence is shook i think uh, his confidence got shook real bad in that series last year against edmonton and then kind of having to sink on that all summer long i don't think it did him very well and uh yeah not having a great start to the season been seeing him a lot in dang it's uh yeah, which is not great. Don't want to see that. Don't want to see Markstrom and Dangitz too often. And I think I've seen him enough in there already. But yeah, man, Calgary Flames, they kind of just continue to be inconsistent, but doing better lately, but still not quite good enough, man, I would have to say. Now, if you can keep it up, preferably it'd be good if you can win three, lose one. But if you can keep going, have a two, win two, lose one, win two, lose one. If you can keep that up until the end of the season, yeah, you should be dandy. And thankfully, thankfully, the West is still pretty wide open, which is 
quite lucky. I would have to say it's quite lucky that that is the case for the Calgary Flames because uh, it's, that, that's definitely not the case. If they were in the East right now, they'd be Dunion Rings. They're just too competitive, but... Uh, Flames are still in their top wild card. They are uh, past Edmonton right now by one point. So that's good. And like I said, Seattle has been falling quite a bit. They're only one point behind Seattle. They're quite a bit behind LA and Vegas. So you're seven points behind Los Angeles. And um, I can math 13, 13 points. No, what? Hold on a minute. Seven, whatever. They got Vegas, Vegas. Okay. Has, okay. 11, uh, uh, fuck nine points behind i don't know dude fuck this i'm not doing math don't yeah don't laugh at me this isn't funny it's not funny i've been out of school for too long i forgot how to math anyway calgary has still got quite a hill to climb edmonton's clawing behind their heels and guess who is out of the playoffs right now the colorado avalanche at 41 points they're outside the wild card so that is a team you don't really want nipping at your heels for sure Minnesota's been really stepping their game up. Winnipeg continues to hold on to their spot. Dallas is still doing well. Vegas is Vegas. So their best chance is to hope that LA can't get it together and their goaltending um, problems continue to happen. And it really does look like Seattle's going to fall off. And I apologize to the Kraken fans for me saying that they could make it, but... I don't know, man. Calgary and Edmonton behind them. They got stronger teams. And then Colorado's there too. So someone's going to miss it. It could be Calgary, but I'm hoping that LA and Seattle fall out. Calgary, Edmonton move up. Colorado moves up. And... And yeah, maybe maybe LA can stay in there. That 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 I can I can be okay with this. This is this is fine. I'm, I don't dislike LA, but like I don't know. They just kind of exist. They don't like they don't really show up on my radar all that much. I don't really Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, um yeah, so thankfully the West is still kind of wide open for the Flames and uh it's not it's not over yet, but like I said, they got to get that consistency under wraps. They got to figure it out, man. And uh, let's take a look at the Calgary Flames upcoming schedule and just see how um let's see how many games here can be and should be winnable. So I mean, you got to you got to Okay, you got some you got some good stuff coming up. So you got the Islanders that's uh you, i mean that one's a toss-up i mean they they could see that's the thing like they, i can't tell you if they're gonna be able to beat the islanders they freaking after that the next week they got chicago and then st louis twice i mean those those should be three wins right there so if you're going to lose a game you i guess you could lose to the islanders preferably not try and get points wherever you can so if you're gonna do it losing overtime you got dallas next saturday that that's going to be a challenge and then nashville colorado tampa after that so up and down so there's definitely that week is a little bit more challenging nashville's never an easy win colorado could wake up at any second they're getting healthier nathan mckinnon's back tampa bay the following saturday it's that's that could be a schedule loss and then you got columbus chicago seattle so you could finish out january really strong you can have a good mid-january start off strong here with some wins against the islanders get your get your should wins against chicago st louis twice and then, yeah, so it, the potential is there for, for Calgary to get it going here in January. I mean, no hockey game is a guaranteed win, but, I mean, you do have Chicago on Sunday. So, I mean, that's as close to a guaranteed win as you can get. If they lose that game, I mean, fuck me on Sunday. So, 
goddamn. Calgary Flames fans, what's going on over there? Do you think, am I right or am I crazy? I don't know. I think it's mostly still just goaltending. The inconsistencies in net are always going to hurt you. And yeah, I mean, there should be, I mean, Blake Coleman, I would really like him to be putting up some more points uh, for sure. I mean, uh, Dylan Dubé, he, he had a little bit of a hot streak kind of falling off now. Mangiapane, I mean, oh, everyone, I was really hoping for a really big year out of, out of Mangiapane, and it just hasn't really been coming along this year. So those inconsistencies with the kind of the bottom I don't know bottom three lines kind of hard other than Toffoli Lindholm and whoever else is on that line with them yeah uh, offense has been a little bit inconsistent I mean defense I mean Rasmus Anderson's been really good Mackenzie Weger finally scored a goal so that's that's nice to see hopefully that'll get him going a little bit with the production that would be great uh, regardless, man, yeah, we need, we need some consistency out of Calgary. So what do you guys think? Do you think Calgary can get it going in January? I'm hoping so, man. I'm always rooting for the Flames, so I'm hoping they'll be able to get it together. All right, let's get into the Leaf stuff, baby. So Matthews, he hits 500 career points as a Toronto Maple Leafs. Congratulations, Big Poppy. He, uh, he celebrated that with, uh, well, he got the 500th point by having it bounce off of his stick, so... Not necessarily the the greatest 500 point in in uh, history, but he did score a nice goal after that. So his 501st point though was pretty was pretty good. So I'll, I'll take that. I'll remember that one over the 500th. But regardless, he's uh, one of the faster players to hit 500 points. Did it in 445 games. So honestly, um, I, there's a I, I forget what players they showed, but he's a little bit further off from uh, like those elite players like Crosby, Ovi. He's like a hundred games back from when those guys hit their 500. And I feel obviously that's because of Matthew's slow start to his career. Not not really a slow start, but he wasn't putting up like hundred point seasons right out of the gate like like Crosby, Ovi, McDavid were. Even Malkin was was up there on that list. Yeah, Malkin was quite a bit ahead of him. And uh, that was surprising. I thought Matthews would be up there, but you look at it, all those the the injuries that he had, shortened seasons with COVID and shit. Okay, it kind of adds up a little bit. A lot of those uh, stop and starts. So if if um, Matthews just had like a nice normal starting career without COVID and all that stuff, probably would have had it in a in a few less games, maybe 420 games somewhere in and around there. Everybody grow up, you grow up. But um, regardless, Matthews has 500 points. Next week, we'll be more than likely talking about Marner hitting his 500 points because he's right there behind him. He didn't get it done in the same game. That would have been really awesome, but Matthews gets his done. And uh, yeah, dude, I would really hope we get 500 more from him as a Toronto Maple Leaf. And hopefully, hopefully he stays around long enough to be the franchise leader and and everything. That would be awesome. Marner's going to be right there with him. So yeah, that, that day is drawing ever closer where we, we're going to find out for sure what's going to be the future of Austin Matthews as a Toronto Maple Leaf or, or not. But um, at least he got 500 points. He, he's going to be on the all-time list for a long time because, uh, yeah, honestly, there's, there's not a whole lot of amazing stats when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs history considering how long they've been around. They don't have, you know, the, the comparable stats of, like, the Montreal Canadiens. You look at their alumni fucking outrageous it's fucking outrageous compared to the toronto maple leafs so yeah congratulations though austin matthews 500 points freaking awesome and uh okay let's let's talk about more awesome stuff so i just wanted to shout out the pickups of connor timmons great trade i really like that 
I, I just realized that Connor Timmons was in the Darcy Kemper trade from the Arizona Coyotes to the Colorado Avalanche. And I remember that trade now, now that that came up. I was like, oh yeah, I remember Timmons being like a highly sought after or a highly touted prospect at that time. So, and yeah, he ended up getting, he was going to be put on waivers and the Leafs made a trade to, uh, to get him. So I found that quite interesting. And man, he's been a great fit for the Leafs. He put up way more points than he ever did as an Arizona Coyote or a Colorado Avalanche combined. Uh, yeah, really, really worked out. And I also wanted to shout out my buddy Billy's going to like this one, but I got to shout out Cali Yarncroke, bro. He's been on fire lately. Uh, looks like he he may be the missing piece. He may be that second line left wing spot that we've been looking to fill ever since the beginning of the season as it has been a carousel. As we all know, Leaf fans, it's been a little bit of a carousel there in that second line left wing. But Cali Yarncroke has been, what, five five game point streak or something? He's been putting up numbers, bro. He's been putting up numbers. Looking like he's going to crush, possibly crush his career numbers. Uh, the thing about Cali Yarncroke is that he's always been a consistent guy. Pretty much guaranteed to have 12 to 15 goals, 30 points or whatever. But uh, that was my hope when he was signed. Now, my only beef with, with Cali Yarncroke was... Not him as a player, not him in his production. It was just the four years. I was like, why four years? Like, why are we? Why was four years decided? What was that about? I wanted a th- I wanted more of an explanation there, but it's starting to look like it makes a little bit more sense right now. I I, I still am concerned about the four years. Regard, but anyway, um, yeah, dude, he's been he's been playing very well lately. It really looks like the bottom six is getting it together. That third line, especially Pierre Engvall, Camp. I mean. What the, what the heck is... Uh, Kerfoot even has started to come alive, finally. Uh, he's finally not doing nothing out there consistently. He's actually looking effective out there offensively. Really good to see. Uh, man, David Camp, I've loved that guy ever since we got him. Just a defensive stalwart. And the offense that he's putting up has just been a bonus. Excellent. Pierre Engvall, he's on a point streak. Like, what What the heck? Where has this been? The draft has finally come alive. So this is really good for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And on top of that, the, the top six is producing just, just fine. So this is great. Uh, looks like people are starting to settle in a little bit here. So that's good. Good to, good to see. So I will shout out those two players and along with Sheldon Keefe for the pickups. I still, you know, I'm not I'm not going to die over the four-year thing, but I would have been more comfortable on a two- or three-year deal. But I understand that the Leafs don't have a whole lot of guys signed long-term, so they had to get someone on the roster for, for, for future reasons. But, uh, yeah, I was just confused. It's okay. But so far, so good, man. Callie Yarncrow crushing it right now. But... There is something out there that I'm a little bit concerned about lately, and uh, I might be I might be a little bit early on the concern train, but in recent visual history, or at least visually, over the last few games, Matt Murray and Samsonov haven't been looking so good, have they? Haven't been looking so good. And um, uh, let's talk about Samsonov first. So, especially in the game last night, in the few games in, in recent history that he's been in the net for, he's been he's been all over the place, man. He is moving a lot. He's fidgety and um, looks like maybe he's dealing with a little bit of a little bit of a confidence issue, maybe maybe fighting it a little bit. So uh, yeah, the Leafs have been kind of crushing records for this for this season. You know, they're allowing more goals than they ever have in games. You know, six goals against, five goals or six goals against, I guess technically, even though it's a shootout, but still five goals against in the other game. 
Uh, starting to let in a lot more goals than we have been at the beginning of the season, which is interesting, which I feel like is kind of the opposite because at the beginning of the season, goals are up, right? You know, defensive structures, everyone's kind of a little rusty, getting used to everything, and goals are a little bit higher. And uh, honestly, Matt Murray and Sam Sonoff are fantastic right out of the gate. They really were playing well, even though the the defense from the Leafs weren't, wasn't quite tightened up, and, and recently it's been tightening up more. And the goalies are getting a little looser. I feel some of the goals that are getting let in are a little loose. Now, uh, I would say a lot of the goals that Sam Sonov let in in the St. Louis game the other night, um, I mean, some of them were bad defense. A couple of them were just bad officiating, like missed calls in front of the net. You know, Kerfoot got hooked or slashed, and he couldn't uh, properly get his stick in, and that caused a goal. And, uh, yeah, so a couple of them were just you know mishaps and but there have been a few goals i mean i'm looking at the some of the shootout goals i mean they're shootout goals you can't really look into those too much but um the five hole goal that he let in and uh, i believe that was against kairu in regulation now that one concerns me because he's got a weak five hole man he really does he's got some issues there with that five hole when he's like riley thomas or whatever the fuck his name robert thomas whatever the hell his name is in that shootout he made that five hole goal look so fucking easy because he knew it was going to be wide open and it was. It was he. He read him. He he read Samsonov like a book, and uh, maybe that's becoming more knowledge towards uh, the, the goaltending for Toronto. Teams are starting to figure out what how to get uh, effective shots on these guys that they're not good at handling. So, looks like five hole for Samsonov and and high glove side for Matt Murray. But I mean, high glove is just kind of the weak spot for all goaltenders. High glove is hard to stop. High shots are hard to stop in general all the time. But. Um, I would say so more so with Sam Sonoff recently. I'd find his play a little bit more concerning. Matt Murray, a little bit less so. You know, again, he, he looks a little bit shaken sometimes. I don't know. Maybe it looks like a little bit like he might be battling an injury, which, I mean, we're, we wouldn't be too surprised if he's if he's fighting something. And uh, maybe that's what's been hurting his play as of late. But, um, yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? Now, that's just me from what I'm watching, and obviously we're seeing that in the numbers. I mean, the goals against for the Leafs over the last few games have been higher than normal and uh, higher than they have been all season long, and it's starting to get a little bit more consistent. There's been more high-scoring games against for the Leafs lately. So um, I'm a little, I'm just a little bit concerned about it because it's it's not something you want to see. So it's... it's and um, I don't want to hear the excuse of like, oh, their goaltending was bad last year and they still won games. It's like... Yeah, but that's not how you want to win games, man. Like, regard, like, yes, you got to win games that you shouldn't. That's important as well. Like, you, you got to get those every now and again. But you really don't want it at the at the expense of goaltending. You don't want to have to bail your team out with goals because that's the hardest thing to do in the playoffs. Like, like if you go down three goals in the playoffs, it's it's way harder to get three goals in the playoffs than it is to get three goals in the regular season. So. I mean, I've seen it back to back, like year after year with the Leafs. Yeah, they can come back from three goal deficits in the in the regular season, but that shit shrivels up. Like, yes, they did it against the Blue Jackets, but you know you can't rely on that. You really, really can't. So, um, yeah, it's, it's something that I don't I don't like to hear when people are like, "Oh, it's okay, they're still winning." But it's like, yes, but if their goaltending ends up being like bottom 10 in the league by the time we get to the playoffs i do not feel good about that going into the playoffs i would like it now i know their numbers are still good like samsonov and murray they're still high up there probably still both top 10 in, in the goaltending numbers but that won't last long if they continue to play that the way that they're doing and 
Yes, the Leafs have been making a few defensive gaffes, but I still feel like they're playing, for the most part, pretty good in front of them and, and suppressing shots. Yes, they've been letting a little bit more shots than recent, but yeah, I think maybe, it, again, it could just be because of the winter break and guys are just a little bit loosey-goosey right now. New Year's just happened, so maybe you got some hangovers or whatever. Regardless, it's just something that I'm keeping an eye on. Always got to keep an eye on that kind of stuff. That's what I do. I... I look at things, trends that I don't like in my team going into playoffs. So I'm, lo- I'm judging this team as a playoff team. I'm watching things that if I don't like it going into a playoff run, uh, I will bitch about it. So yeah, I would like the the goals against and the, and the goalies to make uh, like, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, Samsonov made some key saves, but letting some muffins sometimes. And so did Murray. So anyway, okay, that's it. That's enough of the of the goalie talk, but just had to shout i just had to throw it out there so we'll keep an eye on it we'll keep an eye on it. let's get those goals against down and um let's talk about the power play a little bit so um obviously morgan riley's come back and uh he's been put on the power play but he's not on the first power play unit so i haven't really talked about this but the leafs have been utilizing a five forward power play unit um don't know if anyone else in the league has been doing that i i don't think so but um the Leafs are doing it and then their second power play unit is two defensemen which again is kind of rare in the NHL these days it was very very common 10 years ago you look back every single power play unit two defensemen three forwards and nowadays it's like very common for it to be four forwards one defenseman but the Leafs are kind of playing around with both of the not as common things which is fine I'm fine with you playing around with it a little bit and uh it's been doing better recently with Morgan Riley back, honestly, I think the second unit has been doing better. They've been getting more of the power play goals from what I can remember. And is that a straight benefactory of Morgan Riley being back or or it's just the second unit doing better? So what do you guys think? Are you would would what would you prefer if you were a coach? Are you more of the four forwards? Do you like five forwards or do you like three forwards? Now me personally, when it comes to like the video games, when I do GM modes, I prefer to have the two two defensemen system, like the regular way it's supposed to be, because I don't know, it's a video game, it simulates, and I feel like it would simulate better if I had a defenseman in the defenseman position. Um, but it's a video game, right? And uh, and not a very good video game. But um, yeah, honestly, I don't know. I I kind of like the idea of, of the way that the Leafs are doing it. They got one of each so you got the you got the five and the the two extremes i guess if you will but the five forward thing very interesting it kind of kind of burned them in the st louis game there where they didn't have a defenseman and marner was the guy back there and he you know he's not a trained defenseman so he didn't play it though maybe the way that uh morgan riley or someone else would have played it in that situation so um it's 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 worked and it hasn't worked and so i don't know it's kind of how all power plays go sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but i guess in recent trends it's been trending better than it has been recently but still with the team that you have on paper with all this offensive talent you would expect it to be like tops in the league which it isn't but it's not bad it's not bad okay let's talk about the games that the Leafs played this week let's get into the first one the most disappointing one of the week was the Arizona game they lose this one six to three uh fluffed up a little bit by a couple empty netters but regardless this is a game that you gotta win and they didn't so it starts out very very good as as most least games do uh giordano and justin hall trip over each other arizona capitalizes and it's in the back of the net pretty much instantly to start out the game so yeah that was a, that was a great way to start the game uh other than that though other than that mistake the Leafs did have an awesome first period they they really hammered down
on the Arizona Coyotes, but freaking Carl Vimelka was having a really good game. And, um, yeah, the Leafs just couldn't score enough goals. Uh, what's his name? Dryden? Drayden Hunt? Dryden Hunt uh, made his Leafs, Leafs debut in that game. He got he gotten into a little bit of a fight. And, uh, yeah, I thought he had a pretty decent um, debut for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You got uh, more uh, uh, referee messes or uh, referee miscalls. Messed up another call. Arizona scores on that power play. Uh, Sheldon Keefe is starting to bubble, but, um, yeah, he's not really allowed to get into any more trouble right now, so he has to keep it under control, which he does. Uh, Arizona has the Leafs number, man. (laughs) They've beaten them four straight times, and, like, Arizona in recent history has been, like, bottom feeder of the league, and the Leafs just can't fucking beat them. And I think it comes down to that's one of the, you know, the kind of teams that the Leafs play not very good against, like those hardworking teams. I'm thinking about, like, the the Columbus series, and that's a John Tortorella-coached uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. And, uh, yeah, that was a hardworking team, and I think the Leafs don't like playing those hardworking teams that don't go away. You look at the Montreal Canadiens, like, that was a team that just didn't go away. And I think that's kind of the Leafs' kryptonite, is a team that just won't stop hitting you, they won't stop being aggressive. And, yeah, the Arizona Coyotes are kind of that team. They just don't go away, they don't really give up. And uh, they'll just keep chipping away at it. And if you don't bring it all, then you're more than likely going to lose to them. And the Leafs did. And that's not good. But they did They did come back, though. They slaughtered the Colorado Avalanche 6-2. to uh, Interestingly enough, uh, this was the return of, of McKinnon. He finally returns from injury. Uh, he didn't have a great game, and neither did the Colorado Avalanche. So... Uh, maybe the Colorado fans were expecting more of an impact from McKinnon right away, but yeah, didn't really have that impact. And, uh, Colorado has been fighting it, man. Like I said earlier in this podcast, they're actually out of a playoff spot right now, which actually surprised me quite a bit. Uh, the Leafs did come ready to play in this game. Uh, they got a couple rapid fire goals, which was good. I felt like Matt Murray had a good game here. Uh, but again, this is why I'm talking about maybe he's dealing with something because it looked like he might have tweaked something in that game. Looked like something on his wrist. I don't know. He was wincing. I don't know if that's just kind of what he does. He always kind of looks like he's in pain. I don't know if that's just his face but or something I've noticed. I don't know. But it did look like he was fucking around with his wrist. So I don't know if he's battling something like I said earlier. So something to look out for. And then, yeah, man, it looked like the Avs just had a sloppy game. They, just, they really did. Just making bad passes. The Leafs were making them pay. And, uh, yeah, they kicked their ass 6-2. to two. It was um, it was nice. I mean, I was kind of, that was the game I was most excited for this week because I was, I was expecting, I was really excited, especially when I heard Nathan McKinnon was coming back. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. This could be a really competitive game. And, and it really wasn't. It was kind of the Leafs kicking their ass, honestly. And um, it was good to see. It was really, it was a good, it was the best game they played this week. But the most fun game they had this week was the fucking St. Louis game last night. Holy crap. That game was bananas. Uh, sadly, they lose this game 6-5 uh, to five in the shootout. But, whoo, that second period was outrageous. I mean, I mean, the goalies really came out to play in this one. Just, oh, wow, the save percentages were absolutely incredible on both of them. Samsonov and Benner. Oh, Vesna caliber out there tonight. No, I, I jest. I jest. I'm kidding. But uh, honestly, I feel like the Leafs had a really slow start to this game. St. Louis capitalized out of the gate, and uh, the Leafs did claw claw back into it. They wouldn't go away. 
But St. Louis would not give the Leafs the lead, man. Like, every time the Leafs come back within one, St. Louis got it right back. And then the Leafs got it right back. And then St. Louis got it right. It was a wild game, man. It really, it was one of the better games I saw this year. It was a very, very entertaining game. Um, Sandine did take a fucking nasty fall in there. I don't know if anyone caught that. They did show it on the replay a couple times. But Sandine going in for a hit there against the boards. The St. Louis Blues player uh, took a tumble himself. Sandine goes tripping over him and just face plants right into the boards, man. Did not look pretty at all. He goes off uh, to the back. He's got an ice pack. It's bloody. It's not a good situation. He does return, though. So so good news there that Sandine does come back into that game. Uh, the shootout happened. I mean, Marner was some fucking dirty-ass move right there. I didn't like the referees all huddling around to talk about it. Like, go get the hell out of here. That was... There was, there was no chance that he... No, just enough of it. And uh, I already mentioned the the Thomas goal. He, I, Man, I've never seen a five-hole goal look as easy as that. It was, what, four feet open? Like, Samson of a spread that thing open like he was a college girl on a fucking date. You know what I'm saying? That thing was spread open. He looked like a freaking turkey ready to get stuffed. You know what I'm saying? Okay, that's enough. But, uh, yeah, Samsonov, uh, he kind of got... He kind of got embarrassed a little bit in that in that shootout. I mean, um, yeah, he got he kind of got undressed. He made a nice save there, that nice glove save. I think on Bushnevich, that was nice. But um, yeah, and Austin Matthews, of course, that that nice backhand. Oh, I love that goal. He made it look so easy. Shelf, mm, lovely, absolutely beautiful. But um, yeah, man, the Leafs do lose that game. Uh, they did get a point out of it, which you know, going at what well, they were down what three nothing, I think, at the point. So I I. I did not lose hope. I was like, oh, fuck. Or, or maybe they were down 2 nothing, and it got to 3-1. to one. Regardless, it didn't look good out of the gate. It really looked like this game was going to get away from them. They did claw back into it, so that was good. Uh, surprised they got a point. I honestly thought they were going to win this game in regulation. I was kind of banking on it because the momentum was on their side. But St. Louis gets it done. And uh, But, damn, that was a fun game. What would you guys think of that game? I mean... I know it's not good for goaltending, but it was a really fun game. I enjoyed that game quite a bit. So, um, the Leafs are going to be playing. We got Seattle this Thursday, and uh, that should be interesting. I'm hoping for a win there because Seattle's kind of been kind of been fighting it. Got Detroit on Saturday, and I've got a back-to-back. So, Detroit Saturday and Philadelphia on Sunday. So, um... Yeah, we got a. It's a home and away back to back too. So you got the the with travel. So that's never fun. Uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know. It's uh, two not of the stronger teams. So hopefully you get the win against Detroit and it should be able to get. I don't know. It looks like three winnable games right here. Um, so yeah, it, sh- it should be okay. It should be okay. I mean, back to backs are back to backs. So if they lose one game on the back to back, it's not it's not the end of the world. But you don't really want to be losing games to f- to Philadelphia. So we'll see how it goes for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think that is going to be all for the show this week. I hope everybody enjoyed, and I would love to hear your opinions on the Jacob Verana situation the Calgary Flames situation. What do you guys think about Connor Bedard? Where do you think he's going to land? And where do you think where do you think 
uh, would be the most beneficial team uh, for the NHL-wise, you know, for branding, for the amount of eyes on a team? What team do you think would be the best for Connor Bedard to go to? Now, I think in, in that light, I think it would be the Vancouver Canucks. He goes to a Canadian market, his hometown team. That would be incredible. The only problem is, is the Vancouver Canucks, and I would be very nervous for the career of Connor Bedard if he goes there. So that's that's my two cents on that. Would love to hear from you guys. You can hit me up on Twitter. Uh, I will be uh, the be a uh, a tweet or whatever you call them is that what people call them nowadays a tweet a twitter um there'll be a tweet up there announcing the podcast great spot to drop a comment if uh, if you want to comment on anything or anything like that if you have any questions for the podcast hit me up you can hit me with an email hit me on twitter if it's if uh if i really like your question i'll answer it live on the podcast i'll even shout your name out and thank you and all that great stuff so you have any questions that you think you want me to answer and you want my opinion? Oh, oh, I will bless you with the knowledge of the GX Hockey Cast. Absolutely. Just ask away. Hit me up on Twitter. Throw me an email. Go on the YouTube page. Drop a comment. Private message. Do whatever you want to do. I would love to hear from you guys because I want to know if I'm doing good or not. I don't know. It would be. I just don't know. Regardless, though, thank you so much for listening. You guys have been fantastic. The numbers have been really, really strong over the last few months. Just been continuously climbing with the numbers. So you guys are doing your part. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading, sharing, liking, doing anything like that. You're phenomenal. Sadly, it's Wednesday. I know it's only Wednesday. You're getting closer to the weekend. You're so fucking close. And once you get there... Guess what's waiting for you on Saturday? A wrestling recap show. You know it, baby. The GX WrestleCast will be out on Saturday. This Monday's GX GamerCast will be on Cult of the Lamb. Unless someone sends me a message and wants me to talk about the remain the, the rest of the games that I played this year. So I talked about maybe half of the games that I played in 2022 and uh, I have a whole bunch of other games that I played in 2022 that I could go through all of them and just talk about and if any of those games interest you we can do a bigger episode on it so on and so forth but for now I do have a cult of the lamb uh, episode planned and uh, going to be doing that one so that will be Monday unless otherwise I will announce it on Twitter if, if any of the plans change. So again, really worth your while to go uh, follow on Twitter because that's where all the announcements are going. And again, if you want some more entertainment from your boy, uh, me, uh, you can go check out the YouTube channel playing Until Dawn and still looking for a second video game to play. Um, kind of been looking at Mass Effect, but... Um, I'm playing The Witcher 3 right now, so I don't really want to have two big, meaty RPGs on the go, but I have played Mass Effect before, so it's not like I'm going to be missing story things that I, I... You know what I mean? I think Mass Effect would be really fun. My only concern is it's an RPG and it's going to be a longer game, but if anyone's interested in me maybe going through the trilogy of Mass Effect, I've been meaning to go through those games again anyway, so um, I'm fairly interested in doing a uh, Mass Effect Let's Play at some point. Got Resident Evil 8, Resident Evil 1. So, yeah, just go over there. Hit me up. If you got any suggestions, just let me know. And, again, thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Like I said, you're so close to the weekend. Just grind it out, baby. You're so close. And, as always, go Leafs go. Go Leafs go.